Thanks for joining us for this episode of Coffee with Closers, where business leaders share insights on how to build businesses from the ground up and best practices for innovating in their industry. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Very excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, likewise. Happy to be here. Yeah, most certainly. And uh, tell our audience a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, sure. So my name is Reno Perry. I'm the founder of a company called Nextplay.io. What we do is we connect students, recent grads, and professionals with insiders at top tech companies for personalized career advice. They get interview prep, coaching on the industry and trends. We also help them get placed into these different companies as well. Why do we need another career company that's doing recruiting and placement? Yeah, good question, right? I'm sure as a, a, a business owner, founder yourself, you probably get inundated with so many recruitment companies all reaching out to you with a unique approach or a way to fill candidates. And it is a strong labor market, and so the competition's a lot tighter. So I think companies are feeling it and they're looking for recruitment resources, but it's a really crowded, convoluted space. So everyone's claiming the same thing. But they, don't, they can't back that up in terms of who they provide. Yourself may have experienced that maybe the candidates coming through aren't always high caliber. And I think the problem with a lot of companies today is they're not looking everywhere for talent that they should be. The company was founded on the premise that talent is distributed equally, but opportunity is not. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted a chance for companies to be able to reach and find talent in unlikely areas from unlikely schools, unlikely backgrounds that typically go through the channel. And so that's what we were founded is... There's a lot of talented folks that don't usually come from the industry background. They don't have a ton of experience. They maybe don't have the kind of network. They're not in your circle, Mm -hmm. but they're still really talented. They have the right mindset. They're hungry enough to learn. And they can, in in our case, where we work mostly with salespeople, they can do a great job at, at sales. And what we've seen is a lot of these folks get into companies and they'll become one of the top sales reps after the first one or two years. And we like to see and check on that progress. So I think that's where... One area that companies should consider different recruitment resources is that there's companies out there that can help you uncover talent that you would have never seen before. And I think that's probably the biggest reason why we exist is we wanted to help give those people a chance, but also connect companies with this great talent that they're missing out on. Makes sense. And I think one of the components that you said you do that's unique is the coaching aspect of it, right? Can you elaborate Mm. on that a little bit? Yep. So what is also unique about our service is a, a typical recruiting firm. So you have the job boards on one end, right? So you can post a job and then just see who applies. Sort of the spray and pray mm-hmm. approach is what they call it. There's also what we do a little bit differently is we have jobs that our employers have, but we're not posting jobs. We open up in the market and advertise that we're going to help coach you to get that job. Mm-hmm. We're going to coach you on the industry, the business, what you need to know about the company, in our case, what's going on in the world of sales today, what you should be mindful of as a potential sales rep coming into the world, into the market. And so we offer this coaching to students and professionals up front. And oftentimes they'll meet with a coach. It could be we have people that meet two to five times typically. They'll meet with their coach virtually, 30-minute calls at a time. Could be every month. We have people that do three or four calls a month. And every call is a little bit different, but it's helping them on their journey to get the job that they're looking for. And so a first call might be a conversation with an insider at, let's say, a top tech company. And they're interested in an account executive role there. So they may get some Q&A with that insider around what does an account executive do at this company? How is that sale different than what I'm used to? Uh, What kind of sales methodology might they be using? What's the buyer like when I'm selling into? 
what's the sales process like at this company. So they get a lot of insights that they maybe wouldn't have picked up just out there on the web or um, with the network that they currently have. Second, third call might be more around that sales process itself. So here's how I go to market. The coach may do a, a mock discovery call with the candidate as well to help prepare them for the interview process and the role. They also give them interview preparation. They help talk to them about the importance of their LinkedIn profile. Resume editing, we do that as well. And then just help them with mock interviews and what to expect in the hiring process. So it's a, it's a really comprehensive process where we're trying to fit a lot of what precedes getting a job into these three to five coaching sessions that someone might get. Makes sense. I've been in the, the technology and marketing and sales space for over a decade now, and I know you're kind of in that space with helping companies find the best talent possible. Mm-hmm. What have you seen in your perspective? How has technology has changed the way we do sales today? Yeah, that's a good question. So there's a, there's a lot of tools out there. I think if you're not looking at what new marketing and automation tools you can be leveraging in your space, then you're, you're stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of tools today in terms of automating outreach. I think that's a big part of what sales reps should be using in the field. Sales reps should be focused on selling, mm-hmm. having those conversations with customers, being able to put together insights, following up with those customers. So a lot of things you hire someone to do, mm-hmm. they should be focusing a lot more time on that. But I still see a lot of sales reps that are going through the manual Excel sheet trying to give a call. They're emailing somebody and then they forget to follow up two, three weeks when everyone knows that most prospects aren't going to get back to you until that fifth to seventh, five mm-hmm. to nine range, depending on which, which study you look at. So using a lot of tools like an outreach or uh, MailChimp is one example, SendBloom. So, I mean, there's a lot of different tools out there that people can consider depending what their budget is, but it's going to help with automating your prospecting. Mm -hmm. The other side of that is you don't want to get too carried away because then if what we're we're seeing now in the market is a lot of companies are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And just every three days they put someone in a drip campaign and you're getting the same generic email. So... I think I always caveat with that. You have all these great tools that can automate some of the processes that have been super manual, but you also want to be mindful that you're adding at least some element of personalization. You're adding some kind of insight into your outreach, so you're not just falling into that generic bucket. Yeah, the other side, obviously, is, you know, I mean, you you have technology which enables anybody to be doing mass emails, right? I mean, you couldn't have imagined three, five years ago that you can touch 400 to 500 prospects a day as you, as a person like you, right? Mm-hmm. Using some automation, you can do that within a matter of minutes. Yeah. And you can touch those people at different time zones at the perfect timing where they open up their inbox when they walk into their office. You have technology that can do that. But what that means is everybody's getting inundated with that same, right. same type yeah. of uh, messaging, right? And then so how has having you know, the technology, what, what can we business owners and, and sales leaders and marketers can do better in their approach in terms of maximizing technology, but also improving the overall effectiveness of their campaigns or efforts? Yeah, that's a good question. And that's, I think you mentioned, this is where today you probably see this all over media. Sales and marketing need to work together. And the truth is that sales and marketing are attached at the hip more than ever today. And if they're not in your organization, they should be because I think marketing teams can help salespeople with those kind of insights. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this to you before that I think the best salespeople think like marketers and understand that if you're sending messaging out, it has to be unique. It has to be something compelling that will resonate with me as a buyer. But the fact is most salespeople aren't good at that. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen is if they don't have support from marketing, you get all these different salespeople doing different things, sending different insights that they think are impactful. 
Sometimes it might work, sometimes it won't. So I think that's where marketing can help come in is experts on how to present information. They can help gather some of those insights and help distill that through the sales teams so they can be consistent and share compelling information. So I think marketing can really help with some of these insights, not just on the industry. It could be about a particular company. If it is a larger company, it could be about something a buyer should consider in that particular role. So they can help package a lot of these insights up and provide it to the sales teams on a quarterly basis or monthly as they get that new information. So that's where I see that synergy being able to really help the outreach efforts is mm-hmm. arming the salespeople with those insights. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I've noticed, especially in the in, in being in the tech space as well as in the sales role, is the ability of using AI and other form of you know artificial intelligence and machine learning mm-hmm. to really make your messaging and the time of delivery and overall kind of the personalization of the actual content or messaging itself, right? Because I think when everybody is sending the same thing at mass and there's no real personalization attached to it that anybody can just tune it out tune it out right i think being able to leverage technology at a, yeah. at a technology at scale but at the same time extremely efficient in what you communicate to people right like i know i am get, i get inundated with a lot of messages every day yeah, and you sure. know just this morning i got email from uk and i got email from a bunch of other you know companies from the us Everybody's trying to get to my inbox, and my inbox is the yeah. I sent the sanctuary. you an email this morning, right? Right, <laughs> and I, it is my sanctuary, right? And then, and for me to you know get my attention, there has to be something more compelling, and to really get to get to my nerve and get me want to reply back, right? So I think mm-hmm. it's not about just sending a mass, mass email, in my opinion, but it also just really understanding me as a business owner or as a key leader of an organization. What are my pain points and personalizing to my need, right? I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen being very effective. Like if it's such a generic message yeah. and it doesn't really resonate with me and I can just ignore and move on with my life. Yeah. So obviously, you know, salespeople have a lot of tools at their disposal today and they have a lot that they can do, a lot of damage they can do in terms of yeah. using these tools. But I think the biggest area where I've seen salespeople lack is the ability to do all of these things really well. Like you said, you know, salesperson is today is not just a salesperson, it's also a marketer, right? They have to be, you know, producing content, doing certain certain stuff. So what are some of the things that as a salesperson can do effectively to make sure that they're being efficient with their time and then they can do their job best? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you hear this all the time, I think, but if you're not time blocking, it's really hard to stay focused. And so one, one great way is to look at the week ahead of you. So I always used to do this as a sales rep because every Sunday night I would look at the week ahead and I would start to plan different time blocks for different activities. And one of the most important ones being prospecting. Mm-hmm. You hear the term always be prospecting. That's true. It doesn't matter what kind of sales rep you are. You could be an SMB. You could be a large enterprise. You should always be blocking off time to look for new opportunities. And I don't mean just emailing, but that's where you start to leverage those different tools within that time block. Mm-hmm. So I think a best practice for people would, would be to take look at what time of day you seem to be most productive. For me, that tends to be in the morning. And I like to block off 8 to 10 or 8 to 11 three, four days a week, just mm-hmm. dedicated only to prospecting. It's a challenge. I think it'll be a challenge at first, but finding someone to be an accountability partner, whether you're a senior level seller and you have a coach that you work with, if you're a junior seller, maybe you have a colleague and you both are trying to do the same thing. I think it's really easy to, or I should say, you should find an accountability partner to make sure that you're disciplined with the time blocks. Because mm-hmm. what you'll start to see is the activity is going to lead to more opportunities and, and more close. But one pitfall I would avoid is making that time block. And then what often people do is they'll put another meeting over that. 
So I think that having that discipline is a really important part of being a successful sales rep, and people should adhere to that. Yeah. The other question that I have is obviously blocking time and being proactive with, you know, not just only prospecting, but also being very active in social, mm-hmm. all those different places so you can yep. become a subject matter expert and produce your, you know, pr- provide to the marketplace the knowledge and expertise that you have about a certain industry or an insight about the industry, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and with all that in mind, there's a whole, this buzzword that we commonly hear is called a social selling. Like Social selling, yes. Yeah, so how can today, like, I mean, it's, it's a very confusing term. Like, people just think, oh, that just means I'm being on social media and using social media. But that's right. not exactly what social selling it, is. Exactly. Social selling has a, it's very confusing because it's, it's somewhat of a new term. Mm-hmm. And if people are on LinkedIn or they're on Facebook, they have a company page, they think they're social selling. Mm-hmm. You're not, but... Social selling to me is really where you meet the customer where they are. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of customers interacting on, it doesn't, it's not just like it could be Facebook, LinkedIn, it could be Twitter, what we see now. It could be in-person events, that's social selling, I think. So social selling is just meeting the customer where, where they are, where they spend time, where they like to invest and where they like to comment and learn. Mm-hmm. So if you find where that is, uh, you should be also doing the same thing. It's not just reaching out to someone on those platforms. You need to, as you mentioned, become a subject matter expert in your field. And not just your field of marketing. You should really know how your buyers, how those companies make money. What can you tell those people about their business that they didn't think about before? And that's what the most successful sales reps do today is they're sharing that information on LinkedIn. They're sharing that information on Facebook, on on Twitter. They're writing, they're commenting on people's posts. I think you start to, I'm starting to see a lot more buyers and Coming up through the millennial generation, people that start to have influence, they love commenting. They love learning. They love looking at these influencers and seeing what they're doing. So I think you should also be there with them commenting and sharing thoughts that aren't too salesy, but uh, you're teaching, you're learning, right? So you have to give value. It's also really daunting, I think, if you're a salesperson and you hear this and you go, that's great, but I'm not a subject matter expert. My founder is. He's got all this great insights. It's really easy to just take some of those articles that let's say your leadership team or maybe you have a really savvy marketer and share that out. For me, it's funny. I used to work at LinkedIn. And when I first started, I never really shared anything on LinkedIn. It took me some time to build up that courage to say that, okay, this really matters. And my thoughts, people are actually going to engage with that. And, And it wasn't easy. So I first started, I shared an article once a week. I set a goal. Just share something that's already been out there. It could be something your founder shared once a week. Started to ratchet that up to twice a week where I'd share articles. And I maybe did that for maybe the first six months. The next six months, I started sharing those articles, but I started putting my own opinion on them and saying things like pulling facts out from the articles that I think would be relevant to the buyers I'm connected to, maybe the industry or verticals I sell to. And I would start adding that on top of the article. Started to see more engagement. The other thing I started doing is I got more comfortable and noticing people were actually liking and commenting and interacting. I opened up, a, this is something I do now, I have a, a Google Doc of, and I plan out what I want to write for the next month. So for the more advanced per, uh, subject matter expert, I look, I look at articles and research, and you start to compile your own research and thoughts based on what you're seeing in the market. And I'll write out for the month, the, what are the three, four posts that I want to share? And it's a great space for me to just keep editing if I don't like something I wrote. So it's not just completely off the cuff, but you can prepare your thoughts on a document. And I have that ready to go if I want to share something. And I've written things two months ago that I'm, I'm also waiting to share, but it's good just to write. And you'll notice that as you start doing it, you get a lot more comfortable. So I think 
just take some steps to do it. You can start small and you'll notice that as you keep going, you'll get a lot more comfortable in what you share. That's a great insight. I think a lot of times we, you know, like we struggle to have, you know, because social is, it's, you have to be concise right to the point and, and mm-hmm. have to make a compelling case of whatever that point that you're trying to make, right? And if you don't have your thoughts put together, it's, it's probably difficult. So it's a very good, you know, uh, actionable recommendation there. Obviously, we talked about you know how technology has changed the way mm-hmm. we do sales today. We talked about how people need to be blocking time and to be very efficient with how they yep. operate on a, on a daily basis. And we also talked about how do we leverage social media and all those platforms to become a better sales rep. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't have all of this put together with some sort of a methodology to back it all up, you know, you're just doing a bunch of activity, really not out, you know producing any any kind of you know solid outcome. What kind of you know sales methodology do you subscribe to, and do you have any recommendation on what someone should be following? Yeah, that's that's a good good question. There's there's a lot floating out floating around out there, um, and what we talked about. What, what are all these activities that you can do to establish yourself as a thought leader, prospect to get the prospect through the door, get the activity or the opportunity, but then as you mentioned, once you have it, what methodology do you subscribe to? What's your process after mm-hmm. that point? There's a lot out there I, I like, and I've, I've been through, so I think a lot of people are probably familiar with, if you look at the timeline of all these sales methodologies, probably for most people listening, you had spin selling was uh, one of the first ones, which was just very focused on product features and benefits. Here's what's great about us. And then you had value selling, which started to come into play, which is focused more on the customer side and, and what value you bring to them. Still think that's very important to have in every conversation you have a challenger sale, which uh, I also subscribe to. And I take bits and pieces. I think you can take bits and pieces from each one. So challenger sale is really, really great because there's one component of the challenger sale and where it's lead with insights or teach for differentiation. And I think that's one thing that as a seller, the best salespeople are doing today is bringing insights to the customer about how they can help, not just how they can help their business. It's not just about what your product can do for them, it has to be about their business, something they haven't even thought of that's not related to, hey, we can give you X amount of ROI over this year. Because everyone's saying that, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to come to the table with something different. That part I like about Challenger. And then recently, Sandler Selling. I used to use Sandler Selling all the time at LinkedIn. Worked extremely well. I think that's great in terms of having your tactics in order and following, I don't want to say a script, but you have an outline of how you should manage a call and a deal which I think is, is also an important skill salespeople should have, is that deal management, know how to, to manage the in-conversation tactics and when someone's saying something to you, what, what you should say back. So I love Sandler selling in terms of how it provides that context. Uh, and then, of course, you have social selling. So social selling, meeting the customer where they are. So there's, there's a lot out there. I think for me, Challenger, bringing value to the customer, Sandler, and uh, social selling should be People should be taking elements from each of those and in- incorporating that into their style. Makes sense. A lot of great insights. We wish you all the best with Nextplay as you're trying to build this uh, company. And I uh, appreciate you showing on, uh, joining us on the show. Yeah, of course. Happy to, happy to help. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, most certainly. This episode of Coffee with Closers is brought to you by 1IMS, a leading digital marketing agency helping businesses win new customers. To request a free marketing ROI audit, please visit oneims.com. If you enjoyed this video, please share it. To make sure you never miss an episode, please subscribe.